0: You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways, and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship for these hosses of yore. Crew, this is Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. Today's topic, the original road work. This is a big expansion on a blog offering we, uh, we put forward and is a, kind of t- coincides with the release of our many of our unleaded conditioning uh, volumes where we talk about uh, some old school ways to train. We're talking about um, the real old school and some of the things that seem uh, pretty contrarian uh, to what was going on now. Uh, so road work. Now, that word to the combat athlete conjures images of pre-dawn runs, breath fogging the morning air, and to many a drudgery that must be endured. Boxers, wrestlers, kickboxers the world over use roadwork as a wind builder, a leg conditioner, a grit tester. The great Joe Frazier observed, quote, you can map out a fight plan or a life plan, but when the action starts, it may not go the way you planned, and you're down to the reflexes you developed in training. That's where roadwork shows. The training you did in the dark of the morning will show when you're under the bright lights, unquote. Now, road work has been used as a tool since man began pitting himself against others of his species in organized combat. But today's question, and we're being contrarian here, is, has it always been the sweat-soaked old-school gray sweatsuit pounding out miles on dark roads, or is it something subtler, remarkably, well, slower? And if it was, why did we transition to what, and I repeat myself, many regard as a necessary evil? I myself, uh, full disclosure, do not like to run. So, and by the way, I don't anymore either. Uh, the history of early boxing, bare fist, early glove era, and early wrestling, pre show wrestling, that is, I, today's professional wrestling, uh, abounds with accounts of training regimens that include road work. But this road work takes the form of long walks more often than not, often with trainers and a few others side by side and long rambles at the countryside. These seemingly amiable jaunts would uh, play poorly in a rocky training montage, you know, like men in trousers and peaked caps wandering the hills engaged in case conversation. And yet, we find reference after reference that this is exactly the manner most roadwork was undertaken. I will allow one account to stand in for all as it involves a noted boxer. That is uh, John L. Sullivan, i.e. the great John L., being trained by noted wrestler, William Muldoon. And for those not in the know, Muldoon was a hell of a madman, could throw hands as well, and was noted for being a stalwart conditioning of fighters. With that in mind, we're getting a peek at roadwork and combination fighting, of the boxer's mentality and the wrestler's mentality. Now, reporter Nellie Bly, yes, of writing the World in 72 Days fame, she set out to beat Jules Verne's fictional record of 80 days. She spent time with Sullivan and Muldoon at the great John Ellis training camp as he prepared to face Jake Kilrain in Richburg, Mississippi. This extract comes from Bly's article in the May 26, 1889 edition of The New York World. Uh, this is Muldoon speaking. We have just returned from our two-mile walk. And then uh, if you and I are thinking, I'm in here going two miles, that's it. Uh, Sullivan reports it thusly. Well, I get up around six and get rubbed down. Then Muldoon and I walk and run a mile and a mile and a half away, then back, then walk. Okay, so to us, this sounds like a mixture of intervals, does it not? Although Muldoon makes no mention of this. This is back to John L. again. After breakfast, I rest a while, then putting on our heaviest clothes again. We start out for our 12-mile run and walk. Again, this sounds like a mix of intervals, at the very least a fartlek approach. Now, for the uninitiated, Farlick is a system of training for distance runners in which the train and pace are continually varied to eliminate boredom and enhance the psychological aspects of conditioning. I mean, there's a great deal of detail given regarding all else that is done in the training camp, which is primarily comprised of boxing, wrestling, hitting a variety of bags, dumbbells, Indian clubs, chest expanders, etc. Muldoon did not use the same walk-run pace here. He pushed his fighters to use the combat sports training and the resistance training to capacity. It seems the walks, with or without running, were adjuncts, almost contemplative ad- active recovery, rather than what we may see today. And we're also keeping in mind we had to get a blow to John L. down because he had a propensity to drink a good deal in between. So uh, this view of roadwork pops up again and again and again in old accounts. Walking as roadwork is, road is ever-present. Seldom does it go unmentioned, but rarely do we hear it pushed into running as we find it here. Uh, one more from Bly's article. This is Sullivan responding to Bly's query. Uh, saying the training is not very pleasant work. He says it's the worst thing going. A fellow would rather fight 12 dozen men than train once, but it's got to be done. And again, Muldoon was a noted and respected wrestler and trainer of wrestlers and boxers. He emphasized building stamina via strength and the sport itself is the wind builder. Now, this brings us a question is raised here. If, if walking was considered as roadworks, why did running rise to prominence? I offer a guess, and I'll leave it to you to divine if there's any truth in it. Pre-automobile, pre-mass transportation, most everyone walked, everywhere, often. Yes, there were horses in the world, but despite our cinematic images, most horses were used as draft animals, fewer owned horses for travel than is assumed. And even here, if anyone has ever actually tended for a horse and gone through the steps of saddling, unsaddling, preparing a horse for a ride, well, if the trip is short, it was often an easier, Choice to simply walk. Most seemingly preferred to walk. History and literature is full of astounding accounts of walks, staggering distances, frequencies of walk by amblers of all ages and both sexes. These are found in the casual off-mentions, not the point of the story, as in this journal entry here. Walked to Meister today for a visit The 12 miles of Heath were a tonic to the eye. Unquote. 12 miles. The journal mentions that they are home that evening, so our walker did a 24-mile round trip in a single day, and that was not the point of the journal entry. The reason for the visit? Just to chat. Today, we would post about it, expect a participation t-shirt for such a feat. And yet, this was the norm. Poets, charwomen, millers, farmers, publicans. Everyone walked. They walked most everywhere they wished to go. Round trips of as much as 30 miles were not unheard of. Most distances came in well under that. But they walked far and often, if not daily, almost daily, with distances of 5 to 8 being considered, well, like a walk in the park. The world prior to mass transit, prior to the automobile, was a world of walking humans, not a chosen few who do so for exercise, but everyone, everywhere, to spread across the globe. Walking was the base rate of travel, and I wager fitness. Uh, We're actually going to break this podcast episode two. We're not done here. We'll continue on with uh, why I think uh, we think of running as road work. But we'll do a separate one where we expand on this history of uh, how much walking was going on, uh, because it's it's fascinating to see how much we may have lost or just don't use this practice anymore. But you might still be asking, Mark, you didn't answer the question, why do we see the move from walking to running in, in today's road work? Well, you're right. Now, hold that base rate of walking and daily round trip tallies in your mind as we look at yet another sport that of physical culturists, which is the forerunner of today's bodybuilding. The early muscle men and women from the stout Louis Sear to the astonishingly lean Eugen Sandow saw running as a strength killer. So it's an activity that eats into muscular gains. To Muldoon and other early boxers, wrestlers, combination athletes, and physical cultures, running was anathema to muscular progress, and even kibosh to skill performance. They just said, do not run, please do not. It ate what you built in the skill and execution era. And we're going to get even deeper into this when we start talking into the uh, delving into the uh, scientific... Um, Concept of uh, transfer positive, and indifferent. That's uh, coming up rather soon. And it's a huge part of what's behind a lot of our how we program our unleaded conditioning programs and how, also how we program our, our rough and tumble programs for combat. We want to have maximum games, maximum speed. We want to make sure we're doing work that has nothing but positive transfer. So, wind, stamina, and as some called it then, bottom, was highly valued. It was simply sought elsewhere via the action of the sport in question in most all cases. That is, boxers engaged in lots and lots of boxing, wrestlers in lots and lots of wrestling. And if one wished to run long distances, well, then it made sense to run. The cross-training made no sense to the old-timer's mind. Let us flip the practice, and we can perhaps see how it see it how they saw it. So let's say you come to me and ask, hey, Mark, I want to get ready for a marathon. Can you lay out a running schedule for me? And I say, sure. First, let's do 12 rounds on the heavy bag, six in the double end, then some calisthenics floor work. Then uh, we'll uh, pause for lunch and follow that with 12 more rounds on pads. And this evening we'll do six controlled rounds of sparring. You then would be wise to reply, ah, won't that tire me out? When will I have uh, the time energy to run? Exactly. The old-timers saw running roadwork as a time eater and muscle eater and in no way contributed to to the goal of what we were looking to do. This subject is hardly exhausted. We could delve deeper and deeper into the centuries-old walking over running tail. You know, what footmen and the mile have to offer is uh, insight, the popularity, the sport of pedestrianism, ramblers and flaneurs, and, and put that evolutionary argument of persistence running up against the roaming hypothesis, which seems to hold more water to my mind. And again, all that is fodder for another day. And like I said, we'll do a second episode where we get a little bit deeper into the history of walking. I know that sounds uh, boring, but I, I think it might be real uh, enlightening to uh, how we're approaching this, this roadwork idea or anti roadwork work idea. Uh, but now, finally, I'm going to offer my answer, my guess, my surmise. Why did running become the modern definition of road work for combat athletes? Simply, we quit walking. We have such an abundance of easy transportation, easy resources at our fingertips that walking even a mere mile a day in the course of events is a rarity. Where before we were conditioned by our daily lives, now we must corral all of our beneficial effort into bite-sized regimented exercise portions at the extremes to compensate for the deficit. If we are not going to walk 12-mile round trips as a matter of course, then we've got to lace up the shoes and develop the discipline to start covering at least some distance in the quickest amount of time we have allotted for training so we can hurry back to our conveniences of not walking anywhere. I mean, that's just a guess, but that is definitely the horse I would bet on. Now, by the way, uh, with just primarily walking and not really running, how did Sullivan do against Coleraine? Well, he defeated him, knocked him out in the 75th round. That's 75 rounds. That, like, his conditioning was just fine. Yes, you know, so I would hang on for part two. We'll go ahead and drop that in the next few so you can kind of compare and really get a handle on this historical perspective of how much walking was going on by everyone. Take care of yourselves, crew.